This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We observe today not a victory of party, but a celebration of freedom. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The human zoo, where they don't hide away the sick animals. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham. Stand to attention when I'm talking to you! On Talk Radio. Dismiss! Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. We've reached the end of another tumultuous week in the weird and wacky world of British politics. It all kicked off with Boris Johnson suspending Parliament on Monday night, complete with a sing-song from the SNP and a rousing chorus of the red flag from some Labour numpties after they'd all given John Burko a sycophantic send-off. This morning, Mr Speaker is already talking about disrupting the government's business when Parliament returns in four weeks' time, even as Downing Street continues to maintain that they will get a deal before the witching hour of midnight on October the 31st. Meanwhile, the country seems to have been consumed by lawyers and they're all hanging about in Edinburgh. Yesterday, the multi-millionaire eco-businessman Dale Vince admitted to funding a new lawsuit against Boris Johnson aimed at stopping him from doing something that he hasn't actually done yet. We're talking to him this morning about why he's doing it and what gives him the right, as a very wealthy member of this uh, country, to basically block democracy because that's what's going on. Yesterday, of course, another lawsuit was dismissed by a court in Belfast which ruled that the government's Brexit strategy is not putting peace at risk in Northern Ireland. This came after three Scottish judges in a separate case ruled that Boris's prorogation of Parliament was in fact unlawful, even though they haven't said he has to stop doing it. It's hard to keep up, isn't it? I mean, why don't we just have a referendum and decide whether we want to stay in or leave the European Union? Oh, I see what you mean. See, we've done that already, but nobody's paying any attention to it. 03444991000. Coming up later on, we'll find out how Extinction Rebellion have been snuffed out at Heathrow. Uh, their drone protest seems to have come to absolutely nothing. Why our water companies are still losing billions of litres of water each day into the ground. And, because it's Friday, we will have some Perrier Awards as well to give out. An homage to my brilliance in broadcasting this week. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Now, it's very hard to keep up with all the different Brexit stories that are going on. We've got David Cameron's book coming out in The Times this weekend. We'll be talking about that coming up a bit later on. The DUP supposedly are throwing some kind of lifeline to Boris Johnson, uh, saying that they might be able to accept some form of a backstop which is different from the form of the backstop that's currently in the withdrawal agreement. We've got John Burko this morning saying that he's going to very much stop Boris Johnson getting out of the European Union with no deal. Uh, we've had John Redwood on this morning talking to Julie Hartley Brewer 
basically saying that the new law which has been passed, the Hillary Benn Act, is actually superseded by the two European laws which say that we have to leave on October the 31st anyway. And just to complicate matters even further, there's been yet another lawsuit filed up in Edinburgh yesterday uh, which has been bankrolled by Dale Vince. Now, Dale Vince is a very interesting man. I've spoken to him before about his football interests. He runs a football club which is a vegan football club. He's made a load of money off a uh, uh, an eco uh, electricity company called Eco uh, Ecotricity, uh, and of course he's now decided that he wants to stay in the European Union. So he's going to pay for some very expensive barristers to try and stop the Prime Minister from doing what it is that the people have asked him to do. I'm delighted to say we've got Dale on the phone now. Dale, a very good morning to you. Yeah, morning, Mike. That was an interesting kind of uh, opening monologue. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what I do. So, um, is there any part of that that isn't true? Yeah, so many. I mean, where to start? Well, where do you begin? Where to start? Like, I'm not opposing democracy. I'm not opposing Brexit. Um, uh, what's happening here is, is a, it's a court action to stop Boris Johnson from breaking the law. Parliament have passed a law that says this country can't leave the European Union without a deal on October the 31st. Um, and they passed a law mandating him to request an extension until January so we can try and sort things out. It's a very sensible thing to do. Boris Johnson says he won't do it, and well, that would be it, illegal. Well, if Parliament have passed a law making it legal for him to, or illegal for him to do something, and he hasn't done it, then how can you have a lawsuit that stops him from doing something that he hasn't done? But that's what injunctions are for, Mike, and maybe you've never come across them. But as an environment protester, I've come across them often. And I've come across loads of injunctions in my time in Fleet Street, and usually okay. they were brought in by people who wanted to hide something. Uh, well, my experience of injunctions is that they're brought in by people that want to suppress something, some law breaking. So in the case of environment protests, for example, you'll get an injunction that says you can't collect here, you can't congregate, you can't block the road or whatever it is. And in this case, we're simply saying we want to stop the Prime Minister from breaking the law. And do you know what? It's crazy that we should have to do that. I mean, what kind of country are we living in? Well, I wonder what that, uh, the answer to that question is as well, because we've got... This is not the first lawsuit that we're facing. Uh, we've had one lawsuit up in Scotland, which was, first of all, ruled uh, that, uh, that Boris Johnson was not, in fact, breaking the law. Uh, then we get another appeal to that, that case, in which uh, they say he was breaking the law. We then have another one in Belfast, which is saying that, you know, there is no danger to the Northern Ireland Peace Agreement... By the government's Brexit strategy. It just feels, and I know I speak for a lot of people who listen to this show, that there are people like yourself who have got wealth uh, uh, and influence and you're using that against what is the will of the people. Because after all, people did vote to leave the European Union. We still haven't done it. Yeah, but it was a very simple um, question, wasn't it, in the in the referendum, shall we leave or stay? And the people campaigning for leave never talked about no deal. And if they did, they well, said... Actually, well, actually, that's not true. If they, if they no, did, that's they not said true, it wouldn't though. happen. No, they, no, we, they well, about David Cameron is on video saying that if we have two years to do a deal with the European Union for leaving, and if we do not manage to do a deal, we will leave anyway without a deal. That's what he yeah. says. But the campaign for leave... Uh, the positive aspects of the campaign believe they talked about how easy it would be to do a trade deal how we would have the choice of norway canada plus canada plus plus boris johnson talked about cake and eat it it was going to be that easy to do they didn't say that we would uh, um, have a no deal. They didn't say no deal is a realistic option. Nobody campaigned for it and nobody no, they voted didn't. for it. But one of the reasons why it's become so difficult is nothing to do with leaving the European Union. It's everything to do with the makeup of the parliament that we currently have in this country. Because Theresa May, unwisely in my view, and now in probably her view, decided to have an election that she didn't need to have. She lost her majority. Therefore, uh, she wasn't able to make anything happen. And that's why we are where we are, because the people who sit in parliament are not representative of the people outside parliament. Because well, Many, many more of them want to remain in the European Union. 
Uh, it's not many, many more, is it? And I don't think Boris Johnson represents the people of this country. I mean, look who elected him. 60,000 well, members of them. the Tory party. Well, hang on. He was elected as an MP to this country, which is much more representative than anything that you can bring to the party yes. because you are simply appointing yourself as no. the sort of defender of democracy because no. you've got the money to pay for it. Not true. Not true. And what you're overlooking there, you've just shot your own argument in the foot. The whole of Parliament was elected by the people of this country. You just said they didn't represent the people. No, I'm saying that they don't represent the people's views. I didn't say they didn't ah. represent the people. People, so oh. I haven't actually shot myself in the foot. Well, so. I think that's hard. That's a hard argument for you to sustain. I don't think you know that they don't represent the views of the well, people. Well, they obviously don't, because every time uh, we've had an election about the European Union in recent years, it has been far and away in uh, favour of leaving it. You know, the biggest political party that won in the European elections is the Brexit Party. The Brexit Party has won seats which previously they didn't even have any any hope of getting. But they yeah. are they are kicking various people out of, of, of power because the people want Brexit. European elections are just a chance for a protest vote, aren't they? Well, it's still an election. Yes, but it's so not you an only so you only count some elections and not others, right? It's, no, no, I'm saying that you're you're making a mistake. It's a false claim that you're making. How? That, that represents somehow the will of the whole country in respect of Europe. It doesn't. Well, it well it does. Of course, it does. How else it are you going to measure the will of the people except by having an election? I mean, it's like these politicians, oh, Jeremy no. Corbyn, for example, who spends an entire year saying he wants to have an election, and as soon as he then gets the opportunity to have one, he doesn't want one. Uh, Jer Jeremy took a very sensible position, and he made his point clear. He said, "Let's." Have have an election, but before we do that, let's take the danger of no-deal Brexit off the table. Yes, and then perfectly, that law, and then that law proper. was, and then that law was passed, Dale, and then he still didn't do it, even though he yeah. promised that once that law was passed, <laughs> that he would then have an election. But look, you've got Boris Johnson saying he's going to ignore the law. How wrong is that? Yeah, but everybody says to me, and people like you would probably agree with this, that Boris Johnson tells a lot of lies. So Boris Ooh. Johnson says many things. He doesn't do them all, does he? I, I don't think the fact that he's a liar should take away the risk. That I we didn't could say he was a liar. I say yeah. a lot of people say that he is. Oh, whatever. Well, I don't think we should take away the fact that he's a liar. I said it. Uh, that doesn't take away the risk of a no-deal Brexit. But you've got a law which says that he cannot leave with no deal. But Absolutely. the problem is, with law, as you well know, because you've now hired a whole coterie of barristers, and I'm going to ask you in a minute how much it's going to cost you, the point is, is law is an arguable thing. People can interpret the law in different ways. As I said, John Redwood, on this morning with Julie Hartley-Burrow, says that the, law, the Hillary Benn Act is superseded by the European Withdrawal Act, which is a European law, because while we're still in the EU, EU law oversees uh, British law. Yeah, I'm sure John's wrong. But look, you say the law is arguable. Surely politics is more arguable. It is, but it's arguable in the scenario uh, and in the, in the arena of politics. I mean, you own a football club, right? It's been a very innovative and, and interesting football club. The way you run it is unlike any other football club. But if you were losing a football match, you wouldn't suddenly bring on a sort of a JCB digger and put it in front of the goal and say, right, now we're going to take, we're, now we're going to have a proper match, are you? No, that's a silly thing to say. Why? That's effectively what you're doing. You're telling me you're that in order... Absurd. You're telling me you're in order... Absurd. Well, I'm not being absurd. I'm, yeah, I'm saying that in order for you to make politics work, you are seeking redress in the courts. Hey, you're asking your, for the courts to do something about something that hasn't happened. Let's use your metaphor. We're in a football game. We don't like the way the game is going. We bring on a sub, not a bloody JCB. Well, I mean, you've, you've hired the equivalent of a JCB with old Jolian Morm, a man who's no. a tax lawyer, right, who can't no. get the obsession of Brexit out of his head no. and he can't stop talking about it. We've hired the equivalent of a super striker. Uh, who have you hired? Somebody that can come on and make a difference. Julian, Julian Morn, I'm saying he's the he's not the equivalent of a JCB, he's the equivalent of, of a player with great skill. The equivalent of a plank. That he's a tax advisor. That can change a game. But he's a tax advisor. Well, what's, look, what's, he achieved a ruling this week from three Scottish appeal judges that Boris Johnson lied to the Queen. How did he achieve that? 
uh, by going to court and making his case, the and government, which, and can the you government please, themselves played the role no, in it. Because can you if please you read point the me, ruling, if you read the ruling of the, the ruling. Scottish judges, they said the government failed to make any case yes, for, for why they prorogued Parliament. But you've, you've just shot yourself in the head there, because oh. what's actually happened uh, is that they have not said that Boris Johnson lied to the Queen. Because you know as well her. as I do... misled her. That's no, a different no, language you, as well. Well, it's not different language. No, misleading and lying are two different things. Fair enough. Whatever. This is what happens when you get into the law, Dale. You no, know, you no, get no. people giving you no. different definitions of, and telling you different things. No, no, no. Uh, uh, you know, in everyday terms, you mislead somebody deliberately, you lie to them. It's fine. Judges won't use that language. We can use that language. Yeah, but you can't say... But you cannot... Yeah, but you cannot say, Dale, come, come on. on, you cannot say that the judges said that Boris Johnson lied to the Queen, because that's not what they said. That's not what they said. That's really funny coming from you. Why? Okay, but let's, let's move on from that. The point they made is that the government didn't make a case for why they prorogued Parliament. They couldn't explain themselves or didn't bother trying, and on that basis they concluded there was no reason for proroguing Parliament other than to shut down Parliament so that it couldn't get involved in, in Brexit. It couldn't okay, prevent well, the no-deal Brexit. Let me ask you another question. Which is shocking, it's wrong, it's undemocratic. Well, How on earth can well, you support such a thing? It, because it might because it hasn't yet reached the Supreme Court and it may very well be reversed when it gets to the Supreme Court. No, because no, I'm talking about the shutting down of Parliament. How can you support such a thing? Well, the, what, the proroguing of Parliament? Absolutely. Well, the proroguing of Parliament had to happen because, unfortunately, Parliament was not doing its job. Oh, you know that as well as I do. <laughs> Parliament really is not funny. doing its job. That's really funny. Parliament did well, its job. You, you, you just like didn't most, like it. Like you just didn't like the no, job it was doing. Listen, I'm not a Brexiteer. People think I am. I'm not. I just want the will of the people to be enacted. It's simple. I'm a Democrat. If you have a referendum and you tell everybody that you're going to enact what happens in that referendum and you tell everyone that no matter what it is the a choice of a generation once in a lifetime opportunity not the first of many referendums not the uh, possibility that it might not be in any way enforceable you get on with it and you do the job and yeah. parliament is there to find a way of doing that and it's not doing that and parliament have tried and boris johnson voted twice against uh, theresa may's deal twice yeah because theresa may's deal was a, was a crock quite frankly it was not very good it was not leaving the european union and uh, so what, uh, oh really well, yeah, well, it wasn't. So, so you, you know what the will of the people was, and that was to leave the EU, but you also know that they didn't want to leave in the way Theresa May had set well, out. Well, because staying in a customs union... And you also union, know they want a no-deal no, Brexit, because presumably. No, because staying... I don't know what the people voted for. I'm not arrogant enough to say you, you that... Just said, you just said you did. Well, no, I said they voted to leave the European Union. I'm and not going to tell you... I'm not going to tell you that every single one of them voted to leave with no deal or leave with a deal. I don't think most of them care which way we leave now, and all you're doing is complicating it further by spending lots and lots of your millions on a bunch of lawyers. <laughs> you're funny. But, I am funny. But, but look... I let, agree. Let, Finally, we agree on something. Yeah, we do. Let, 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 me, let me put this to you, because <laughs> we may agree on this. All right. The referendum was three years ago, yeah. and the context of the referendum was completely different to where we are today. We have tried as a country exhaustively to get a deal that Parliament can agree on, and we've failed, and no deal is looming. And the government's Yellowhammer report shows quite starkly the bad impact on this country that leaves. It's a worst-case scenario. Oh, absolutely. And when we leave, it's not over. We then have to negotiate a deal from a, great, a place of great harm and great weakness. So what's the point of rushing into that scenario when actually we should probably say to the people, look, this is where we are now. Three years later, we all know much more about what leaving the EU means. How do you want to play this? Yeah, Second well, I'm, I, think, I, think, I think you're the one that's joking now, right? You're telling me about rushing into something. Three years it's taken to get here what do you mean rushing we haven't rushed anywhere right we are about to jump off a cliff for the sake of a three, that's not true three, three month extension that's well, not true have you read yellow hammer 
Uh, of course, I've read it. Yeah, and okay. it's, it is not in any way accurate. I've had several <laughs> risk. I've had risk assessment people. T- I yeah. talk to a lot of people, Dale. Okay? Uh, okay, I've had risk assessment professionals tell me that it reads like something written by a sixth form student. It does not read like a risk assessment. Right. They also do risk assessments on aeroplanes. They also do risk assessments on school trips to Thorpe Park. You know, every time you look at a risk assessment, it includes bad things that might happen. Somebody said to me yesterday, if you pick up the, uh, the you know, the, the, the laminated piece of uh, paper in, in the back of a plane seat, which shows a plane on fire and people, f- you know, falling out of the plane, it doesn't mean you don't fly, does it? All right, now you're doing an Andrea Leadsom. I've never been accused of being Andrea Leadsom before. That's a world first. <laughs> she said we shouldn't show the people Yellowhammer because it would worry them and actually you could cross the road and get run over by a bus and we don't all want to worry about that, basically. Well, that is more or less true, though. I mean, oh, there's, a reason, there's a reason why when you do a, a business deal, I assume you have hordes more lawyers who look into what's good and what's bad, what could happen, what's the worst-case scenario, what's the risk and all of that, and that's simply all it is. It's as simple as that. And, and what did it say? What? Bad things are going to happen. It said bad things could happen. It said might happen. It nah. didn't say will happen. <laughs> you know, we've Come had on. the people who run the, most of the insulin into this country had to put out a tweet yesterday because people are panicking so much to say that, please don't worry, we have got plenty of insulin, we will not run out of it. That's because they don't want panic buying. We all don't want that. Well, why would you want to cause panic buying by telling people that there's not going to be any insulin? There are going to be medicine shoreages. That's a clear impact. No, there aren't. A clear impact. There are absolutely not. Well, Yellowhammer might say that in the worst case scenario, but frankly, everybody else who's sensible, including people who have worked at the ports in Calais and in Dover, say there won't be a problem. Let me me ask you this. Mm. What is so great about the European Union that you can't bear to leave it? This isn't about that. You're mistaken. How? Uh, because this is about stopping our Prime Minister from breaking the law. You're, this is about stopping the Prime Minister from doing something that he hasn't done, even though there's already a law in place to do so. That's exactly what injunctions are for, Mike. I tried to yeah, explain you don't it need to you it, earlier. Yeah, but you don't need an injunction. You do. You do. If there's going to be imminent law breaking that will cause harm, you seek an injunction to prevent that law breaking. That's what Can you doing. name a time when that's ever happened before? Yeah, all the time. It's happened to me loads as an environment protester. I'm it talking happens. about in politics. No, we're in exceptional times, aren't we? You name a time to me when a Prime Minister of Britain has ever said he's going to break the law. He's never said he's going to break the law. <laughs> he has not said that. No, he hasn't come out and said it categorically. So you but can't just said, make stuff up, Dave. No, no, this is your job, making stuff no, up. No, I actually. don't make stuff up. No, I get held to no, account I, by the law, funnily I, enough. If I start <laughs> making stuff up, I get sued yeah. for libel. Yeah, quite right. I'm sure you, you know, do. you can go around I'm calling sure the Prime Minister... But you exaggerate, you, you exaggerate. That's I don't exaggerate. Oh, you, you talk about coachloads of lawyers, hordes of lawyers. Well, how many lawyers have you got working for you? One. One lawyer? Yeah, he can't fill a coach. OK, how much are you paying him? Do you mean for the action itself? Yeah. It's between ten and twenty thousand pounds. Okay, well, it's nothing to you, is it? It's probably nothing to you, Mike. It's a lot to me. You must be joking. I have to work for a living. It's an after-dinner speech for Boris Johnson. Well, maybe so. He's the Prime Minister. He's quite an important guy. He's done a lot of work in his time. It's good for this country. He's also been elected (laughs) by the people (laughs) of Uxbridge. He's a nothing for this country. He's been elected by the people of Uxbridge. He was previously elected by the people of Henley. Who ever elected you to do anything? He he was elected uh, Prime Minister by the Tory party, 60,000 of them. No, that's not the point. He was also the mayor. He was elected elected mayor of London. It is the point. You talk about democracy. 60,000 people voted for that man to be our Prime Minister. Well, that's 60,000 more than voted for you. And now he's threatening to break the law. How no, he's wrong not. Is that? He's oh, so you've gone from him saying he's going to break the law to threatening to break the law, yes. even though you just said you admitted he's never Mike, said it. Mike, if you pay attention to what he's been saying, he said he's not going to seek an extension from the EU. That's right. He'd rather die in a ditch. Well, they've also said they're not going to give us one. 
Nah, I don't think that's oh, right. Oh, so are they lying as well? They haven't said that. Yes, they have. They may not give one, they've said. Oh, they may not give one. You have one. to read okay. properly, come on. Oh, OK, so read they properly. may not give us an extension read that properly. he may not Stop ask Stop exaggerating, for. breathe a little, calm down. I'm very calm. I do this every day. You are not in any way worrying me, Dale, at this point. But what I can't stand I'm is the fact that you're sitting there... You're sitting. You're sitting there and you are self-appointed and you are paid by the money that you have in your bank to hire lawyers to disrupt democracy... Uh, to hijack democracy <laughs> and to change the, the course on, of history of this on. country just because you, you happen to be a loaded, you sound like wealthy a shock, millionaire. You sound like a shock jock now, Mike. Come on. Well, I don't I'm, sound I'm, like a shock jock at all. I'm I am a shock jock. Oh, right. Oh, well, well done. See, so you Good think that's an insult. I don't take that as an insult. You Good want to call me a shock jock, that's fine. <laughs> I didn't realise calling you a millionaire was an insult. Uh, it's not. That's fine. You carry on. But, you know, I'm, I'm not upending democracy. What well, are you doing then? I'm supporting it. Oh, really? Yeah. How fascinating. You take an interesting line in democracy, don't you? You don't like people who were elected by the people. You don't like the people voting for something and then not getting it. But you say you're a defender of democracy. You say that you're a defender of democracy. I am. But you're against Parliament. And Parliament passed this new law, which our Prime Minister says he won't abide by. But you think that's OK? Well, he didn't say that he won't abide by it. So until something like that... If, you, if, he, doesn't, if he breaks the law, come back to me and tell me no. what we should do about it, OK? Not going to wait. Well, let me, ask, wait. let me ask you not this. Wait, Mike. If the Court of Session in Edinburgh said that he broke the law or that his prorogation was unlawful, why have they not reversed the prorogation? That's what I don't get. Oh, well, that's a simple answer. What is it? Because there's going to be an appeal. And until there's an appeal, the, the, the status quo is made... So he didn't really break the law, then? No, that's, that's bullshit. No, right? it is not. You can't yeah, swear on the radio. I oh, mean, you're not on back in your new age travelling oh, van on, now, I, you know? I thought we were on right-wing radio. We could. We this could is not right-wing kind of radio. This is it's radio. <laughs> this is the problem, Dale, that oh. you think that I'm in some way biased, right? When, no. in fact, when, in fact, I'm not no. the biased one. If you talk to Jolien Morm, he's the biased one. He's the guy who's obsessed with Brexit. He's the guy that can't stop and won't stop. And even if you lose this case, which you may well do, right... He's never going to give up, is he? Why doesn't he just accept the fact that people voted to leave? And I'm sorry if it upsets a few of the sort of, you know, uh, crystal glass types in Chiswick and a few of the people who, you know, like to swan around in the Royal Crescent in Bath. I'm sorry about that. But unfortunately, the people who want to leave the European Union are in the majority. So I gave you a simple explanation as to why the uh, court of session in Scotland didn't didn't reset Parliament, didn't overturn the current situation, and you just gloss straight over it and go into some no, polemic rant. No, you said that because it's going to be appealed. Well, I'm sorry. If That's a legal fact. Yeah, but if you say to somebody you're breaking the law... You said you didn't understand you've, it, and you've I explained bro it to You've you. broken the law, right? Do you not then stop them from further breaking it? It's subject to the appeal. Don't you understand that? The, the, I mean, that's just a legal situation. The, ah. the status quo is maintained until the appeal is... So heard. when somebody is found guilty in a court of law... Of a, of a crime, you're telling me that they get to go free whenever there's an appeal. I don't understand where you're coming from. You, you said you didn't understand why it hadn't been... No, I'm saying they, they, they said that it was unlawful, right? That's right, they did. It's but they did not then stop the unlawful behaviour, which makes no sense to me in any jurisprudence context. And I've explained it to you. It's because there's an appeal pending. That's what they've decided is the right thing to do. I mean, what's wrong with that? Well, because what I'm saying is, is that it's not a serious judgment, is it? If they are saying that you've broken the law, but you carry on, don't worry about it, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, OK. Not okay. to you, maybe. Not to you. It doesn't. I but, Dale, so. listen, I wish, you, I wish you luck with your uh, crusade against democracy. Have we done already? Uh, we are, oh. because we're, you know, we are a commercial station. Unfortunately for us, we have to take advertising, unlike the BBC, uh, who get paid by me to tell uh, a load of old porkies half the time.
<laughs> the world the, is an interesting place. The BBC are paid by you to te- uh, tell porkies, or you, or they pay you to tell porkies? No, no, I don't get paid by the taxpayer. That would be the BBC people that get paid by the taxpayer. Oh, I see. You see, we have a commercial operation, so we have to take adverts. In fact, while you're on, why don't you support us? Why don't you sell some adverts through your company to us? And that yeah, way, okay. And that way, you can protect democracy even more. Join Ecotricity, everybody. There's my advert. And, uh, and help us... I will uh, send you a bill for 20 grand. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Dale yeah. Vince, thank you very much indeed. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss.
the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Let's go to the phones. Kitty is on from Folkestone. Hello, Kitty. Hi, Mike. How, How are, are you? you? I'm very well, sir. Uh, very well indeed. What do you want to say? So I just want to applaud you for your uh, interview with that guy just now, the uh, the lawyer, Dale. Dale. Well, he's not a lawyer, he... by the way. He's oh, not a lawyer. He? No, he's, oh, he's just, just he's, he's, he's a businessman. He's a millionaire. He's hired lawyers to, to, to bring this case in Edinburgh. Oh, I do beg your pardon. Well, whatever he is, he's an absolute nightmare, and I don't know how you kept your call. And <laughs> I just wanted really to ring in. It's my first time to call in. Well, welcome. Oh, thank you very much. I follow you on Twitter. So I just wanted to call in really to say that he, for me, epitomises everything that is wrong with the Ramoning elite movement that's going on, uh, completely out of touch with absolutely everything, and yet they seem to have such a huge voice. Yeah. And you know, I think leavers tend to be, even on Twitter, tend to be decent, uh, non-confrontational people yeah. who are receiving loads of abuse. Uh, and I don't want that to change, but something has to change. Well, uh, it really to... does, because these people, uh, like this guy, Jolian Morm, I don't know if you know him on Twitter, he's a, a barrister, he's a tax lawyer, right? But he has been absolutely and utterly obsessed with, with remaining in the European Union. It's all he does, right? He's even given up some of his actual work that he does as a tax advisor, because believe it or not, he used to advise people on how to not pay as much tax as they should. Right, and so they he's, want a complete moron. Yeah, well, exactly. And and this guy is never going to stop. These people do not understand what it means to lose. They can't handle it. I know. I, I quite agree with you. They are sore losers. And I think what a lot of them uh, prove is that no matter how many qualifications you can go to university and get, it still doesn't make you intelligent. No, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. no idea. Every time you sussed him out, all he said was, move on, move on. Yep. And can you imagine being in a marriage or, or any sort of uh, working relationship with that guy? Well, what I can't really. Man. No, absolutely. Thank you, Katie, Kissy, for ringing for the first time. And thank you for your support. And thank you. And I said to him, I believe I speak for an awful lot of the listeners on this radio station. And I say this. And I think I do. Let's talk to Godfrey's on the Isle of Man. Hello, Godfrey. Hello. Hello. Mike. How are you? Fine. Yeah. I thought you did a great, a, a great defence against Dow. I Thank mean, you. that man, that man was just unbelievable. I thought I'd just refute a few of his points because yes. some of them were quite stupid. Okay. Um, first of all, you know, he's. I love the fact that he called um, Farage's win just a protest vote. Yes. Because what that indicates is that he too agrees that the EU Parliament is a total powerless sham <laughs> yes <laughs> and is a good reason for leaving mm. he, th he then played the, the the infamous card oh it, we were promised it would be the easiest deal and of course we as i said to him the only reason it's difficult is because of the politicians not because it's difficult well well there's another reason we were actually told it should be the easiest deal yeah we weren't told it would be the reason it should be is we're leaving fully aligned in every respect. No one has ever left a, a customs union before or a single market before. No one in the world has ever left a political union before. And it should be totally easy for us to have adopted a Canada-style plus agreement within a few minutes. Mm. Because, we're, because there's no sitting down, no two years negotiating. We're fully aligned. It would have been so simple, just that you could do it on one page. Yes, and also, no matter how many people come out of the woodwork and say, like I said to him about the insulin company, like the, the right. like we had a guy on yesterday who said Porsche is just basically opening a new uh, plant up in, uh, a new showroom up in Hull, uh, Siemens are, are investing a load of money in a new factory. You know, these are German companies who are now investing in Britain, knowing that we're leaving the European Union. How come that's happening? Yeah, 
Well, look, I'm, I, I, I'm a retired commercial director, and I spent 30 years negotiating multi-million pound deals. Yeah. So I, have, so I had some experience of sitting across the table, and especially as I ran a small 50-man software company selling very uh, much-needed software to huge corporations who thought they'd get the better of me. So I'm very, very used to looking in the eye the guy the other side mm. and seeing whether he's a genuine negotiator or not. The EU never have been. Our friends in Greece explained that to us. Yeah. Their, 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 their finance minister, Mr. Yanoforis, whatever his name yes, is, I know the he, guy. Uh, he, he explained it very carefully that they don't negotiate. They're not negotiators. No, no the, way of, mean, Ms. the way of the world... In, in... Wrote this, yeah, she wrote this treaty and she wrote it before we even stepped up to the table. Right. They allowed, she allowed her friend Ollie to make a few sort of, you know, just a few tweaks here and there. But you can't have a 585-pound treaty put before the 27 who agree it in 40 minutes over lunch. I know. I mean, the whole, the whole thing was a prearranged setup. The three-year delay was a prearranged setup. I'm not, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a negotiator, and I can see a setup when it hits yes. me between the eyes. Exactly right. And also, the European Union's way of dealing is to sort it all out in, a, in I would say, a smoke-filled room, but they probably banned that, um, where, you know, there's no negotiation, as you quite rightly say, and it's all agreed, and, you know, people have bought off effectively. Effectively, they are. I mean, look, there are 150,000, 150,000 global lobbyists in Brussels. Mm. There are 90,000 EU staff, 30,000 of whom are paid more than Boris. Yeah. And then we say, and, and, and don't forget the, uh, the head of department of the civil service on Yellowhammer to cover that point. And he's, he simply came out. It's there buried in, I think, briefings for breakfast, uh, brief, briefings for Brexit. <laughs> um, but uh, you can go read it. And he came out and said, you know that most management are terrified of their jobs and their pensions in the civil service. And uh, if, they, if they are Brexiteers, they're terrified to admit it. And he said there is an under, it's 98% remain. So anything anything that the, uh, that the civil service, I'm afraid, in Britain is currently producing on this subject is highly suspect. Well, of course it is, and it's highly biased as well, it seems to me. Godfrey, thank you very much indeed. That's why Dominic Cummings is having to do such a, a, a great job of rinsing the civil service and making sure that they actually do not misrepresent what it is that government policy is and what it is that might happen after Brexit. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. You know what to do. 0344 499 1000 is the number. Alexis Conran is in at one o'clock in for Matthew Wright, uh, who's been a little bit poorly this week, I'm sorry to say. And we're going to talk now, though, about something that should cheer everybody up. And we're going to talk to Dr Tom Prescott uh, from Butterfly Conservation in Scotland, because apparently uh, butterflies are on the increase. The big butterfly count, which took place over three weeks this summer, showed 30 times more painted ladies arrived in the UK than in 2018, which is great news, I would imagine, not only if you're a butterfly, but it's great news for the ecosystems, I would have thought. Dr Tom, a very good morning to you. Yes, good morning. Yes, no, it's wonderful news. It's really good to have a positive story about butterflies for once. It is, because I've been, uh, I think, hearing for the last few years that the butterfly population was kind of on the wane a little bit. Yes, uh, as with lots of things, there's uh, winners and losers. Mm. And uh, this year, because on the whole we've had a very good summer, 
um, the, because the adult butterflies and also their caterpillars tend to do better in warmer conditions. Right. Also, our butterfly recorders do a lot better in warmer conditions. So if we get a good summer, then more people have the opportunity to go out and record butterflies. And that's what oh, happened right. during this, uh, this three-week period. So you've got a bigger sample number, as it were. Yes, yes, certainly it was our best ever year. This is the 10th year that we've run this survey and we had far more people taking part. Uh, over 110,000 people took part. Um, yes, hopefully that's because more people are becoming interested in butterflies, but also the weather helps. You know, if we have our usual, certainly up here in Scotland, our usual summer, over that three-week period, there may just be a couple of days when it's half decent to go out and look for butterflies. Yes. Whereas this year, yes, most of that three-week period we had glorious weather so there's far more opportunity for people to go out and see and record yeah. butterflies and i don't know whether the actual i mean i know you said the weather helps the count and it probably helps the fact that there's more butterflies around but but i was under the impression rather like the bees that we hear so much about um there were problems with pollination there were problems with pollution there were problems with kind of you know different diseases perhaps being picked up by uh, by creatures that, that that involved themselves in landing on flowers and stuff like that is that not so much of a problem now well, it, 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 is a, it is a problem um, for, for certain species. The, the, the big issue that most butterflies face is lack of habitat. Right. Um, so as the countryside is getting squeezed uh, with more development, with changes in agriculture, uh, more commercial forestry, then there's less space for butterflies. Okay. Because uh, we hear from people like Extinction Rebellion, who are currently trying to fly some drones around Heathrow to disrupt the uh, people travelling. Um, that there's species dying all the time. Um, butterflies are not doing well at all. But you've got figures here saying red admirals up 138%, gatekeepers up 95%, 64% rise in sightings of the six spots, burn it, moth. Um, it's all good news, isn't it? Uh, it, for those species, yes, it is very good news, which, which, is, which is wonderful. But yes, there are other species that are not faring so well. This particular survey is primarily based at looking at common and widespread species to see how their fortunes are faring. Right. Whereas we have a lot of very, very scarce species that are very, very specialised, that are very unlikely to be seen in people's uh, gardens or in parks. You know, they're, they're on hillsides, they're in sort of little clearings in woodlands. And a lot of these species are the ones that we're, we're doing our sort of active conservation on. Right. They're the ones that we're probably most concerned about. But, but in the, the wider picture, yes, species have done very well this year, but there are a number like some of our white species, common blue, for instance, holly blue that had a wonderful year last year, has declined this year by 54%. So there, there are species that are doing less well. Right. And do you ever know why that's the case? Is it just a sort of potluck? Um, certainly the, the weather is a, a, a big issue. Um, for some species, like for holly blue, uh, last year it had its record year, so um, it can only really go one of two ways then th this year, And but it declined, as I say, by 54%. One of the reasons we think that it declined is because of parasitic wasps. One of the things that yeah. controls a lot of butterfly and moth populations um, are parasitic wasps that lay their eggs inside, mostly inside the caterpillars, and then their grubs eat the caterpillars alive. Ooh, right. um, so this is a natural process. So when the butterfly does really, really well, uh, the wasp the following few years does really well, the butterfly population might then slump and therefore the parasitic wasp will then slump. So it sort of swings and roundabouts. There's this sort of battle going on all the time.
Yes, I can see that. And we were told the other day um, that there was a massive increase in the moth population, but I understand that may not be the case. Uh, yes, again, well, moths...